podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC and your daily reminder that the Reds sit top of the league. Liverpool hold a five-point advantage at the top of the Premier League. Man City do have a game in hand, and that game in hand is against Brentford. But Brentford now have Ivan Tony back, and factor to be a more difficult proposition for City than they would have been if the game had been played when it was initially meant to be played just before Christmas. So no guarantee that City beat Brentford. No guarantee that they closed the gap to two points. We're also five points clear of the mighty Arsenal, which confuses me greatly as I was informed that they'd won the league when they came to Anfield and snuck out with a draw, needing Trent to miss a sitter and the referee to miss the most blatantly obvious penalty you're going to see all season. We're also five points clear of Aston Villa, eight points clear of Spurs, and a whopping 13 points clear of West Ham. Manchester United, who were back last season, who were better than us, who'd, you know, knocked us out of the top four, well, they're 16 points behind. So if you're good at maths, you'll realise that they are... 16 points from 48. That's one third of our points total behind us. Uh, Newcastle, also better than us, knocked us out of top four last year. Well, they are 19 points behind us. So that doesn't seem very good for the tune, does it? Uh, Lots of crying from Newcastle fans in the last couple of days about the fact that we sold players to Saudi Arabia and it wasn't scrutinised and that when they sell it is scrutinised. It's almost as if we're not owned by the PIF. Now, if we were to, let's say, sell Joel Matip to the Pittsburgh Penguins for £40 million, then perhaps there might be something to investigate. If we were to sell, I don't know, name a player, Owen Beck, Good young player. We'll sell him to the Boston Red Sox for twenty million. Then you'll have something to investigate. Us selling players to clubs owned by people who are not the same people that own our club is not something to be crying about. You selling players to clubs owned by the people who own your club—that is something that probably needs to be investigated. But then you're not the brightest group up there, are you? I mean, you all watch True Geordie. And of course, you do all go to football matches with your tops off in December, trying to prove that you're more manly than other people. Um, <laughs> right. 
on to uh, Pep and Linder's press conference. So, Linder's always does the EFL Cup pressers. He sometimes does the uh, Europa League ones as well. And he had some good news for us today. So, Andy Robertson is back in the squad and available for the Fulham game. So, that's huge. Robbo's been out for roughly 13 weeks. Uh, so, getting him back is is really, really good. Now, whether he should come back in as an automatic starter or not is open to discussion. I think Joe Gomez has been outstanding since moving to left back and Costas was playing very well before he got hurt. So I, I assume Robertson will just come back in because that's just what Klopp does. But I do think there's a discussion to be made that maybe, maybe Joe Gomez deserves to stay there. Now, is it more important for the team that we have Joe Gomez available to cover in other areas? Yeah, probably. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully Robbo's back fully fit, fully healthy and raring to go for this last 17 games of the Premier League for the remaining games in the EFL Cup, for the FA Cup and for the Europa League. Cause there's a lot of silverware to be won. Um, Trent is ahead of schedule and working his way back and potentially could be back for Norwich. Zabozlai could be back or should be back for Norwich. So that's huge. Assuming they both start that game on the bench and get 25, 30 minutes. Then we play Chelsea the following Wednesday, which is absolutely the game that we need to win. Chelsea coming to Anfield is a game we need to win. Costas is working his way back. He should be back in mid-February, which is huge. Um, it turns out it was a broken collarbone and he did have surgery. Um, it's just weird that he was pictured running about two or three weeks ago, which I wouldn't have thought was something you would have someone with a broken collarbone doing. But Costas looks like he will be back quickly too. And then obviously there is the latest injury, which is to Mo. His agent has said it'll be between 21 and 28 days. So basically three to four weeks. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of this Salah injury situation. I think he's still at AFCON. He's coming back apparently to get his treatment at the club. Um, which led to a lot of cry arsing from certain parts of the world. But if Egypt want Mo to come back and play for them, should they get to the semi-final or the final, then he needs to be getting the best treatment possible. And with all due respect, he's going to get far better treatment at Liverpool, who pour far more money into that end of things than with the Egyptian national team, who will not have the same facilities, especially away from their home base. Now, if you were saying he's going back to Cairo and he's going to the Egyptian FA headquarters and they've got state-of-the-art facilities there, fair enough. If that was what he was doing, fair enough. But the team doctor needs to stay with the squad. The team physios need to stay with the squad. So who would be it wouldn't be the best they have available. If he comes back to Liverpool, he will have the best available care. And look, there's 
little to no chance Egypt are getting that far. So he's probably not going back to AFCON this year. Um, but there's always AFCON next year, which I believe is going to be in the summer. They haven't fully confirmed it yet, but it is slated to be in the summer. So it won't have too much of an effect on us. Um, Pepin Linder has also confirmed that there is interest in Calvin Ramsey and Nat Phillips and that Liverpool are open to loans for both players. Makes sense, especially with Nat Phillips. I mean, we should just look to sell Nat Phillips. If somebody would offer us a million quid, we should just take it and say goodbye and let that lad go and have his career. We've obviously recalled quite a few players from their loans and only Owen Beck was having a successful loan of those that were brought back to the club. Uh, he was brought back because we needed him for cover. I, I would guess he goes back out on loan before the window closes. Otherwise, it is going to be a wasted four months for him because if we've got Robbo and Costas and Joe Gomez all ahead of him, he's not going to play. He did get some opportunity to play against Bournemouth Struggled a little bit defensively, but looked pretty good going forward. Um, but I, I would imagine he'll go back on loan. Balagizzi probably goes back on loan. I think he's going to Kilmarnock on loan. Um, they had Luke Chambers last year. Uh, Reese Williams and Billy Kemetio also recalled. I assume Kemetio will go back out. Reese Williams has already gone to Port Vale. It makes sense. It makes sense. Just if, if the loans aren't working, bring them back and send them somewhere else. That's, that's a smart move. But we do need to get better at picking the loans for our players. We used to be really good at it. Tyler Morton's got a great loan this year and we had a couple of good ones last year, but it used to be that sort of every loan seemed to do really well for us in terms of helping the player development. And now it's like one in three, one in four, and that's just not quite where you want to be um, because it creates a lot of unnecessary distraction in January <coughs> if a player is having to be recalled and then loaned back out uh, Alexis McAllister has proved he is the future for Liverpool's number six role um, he hasn't done anything of the sort he was really good against Bournemouth but it's Bournemouth um, Nunes chaos and angry Jota Liverpool hail Liverpool coach hails options without Mo Salah that is of course Pep Linders talking about those two players this morning, um, two youngsters linked Jota's message and Jones for England. Again, Linders has talked up Curtis Jones and the fact that he believes he should be in the next England squad. And frankly, I don't know how you could make a case that he shouldn't be in the next England squad. Because what English midfielder is currently playing better than him in the Premier League? I mean, take Jude out of the equation. What English midfielder has been better than Curtis Jones over the last couple of months? I I can't name any. I don't think Rice has been better than him, despite all the the hype. Conor Gallagher certainly hasn't been better than him. Calvin Phillips doesn't play. Henderson hasn't played, and it just isn't as good as Curtis Jones anyway. Um, I mean, where else would you go? James Ward-Prowse, he hasn't been as good as him. So, yeah, I think Curtis absolutely should be in the next England squad. And it would be very strange if he's not in the next England squad. Uh, two youngsters linked. 
Belil El Canus of Genk and Luis Guilherme of Palmeiras. Now, Luis Guilherme is very, very talented. El Canus looks a truly special player. There are some rumours on the internet, and that's what they are. They are rumours on the internet that he might have a tough time passing the dickhead test. Um, but he's a kid, so who knows? Who knows? He might, he might be absolutely fine if he came in. Um, it might just take a manager like Jurgen to get his head right. Joe Gomez reveals one reason for his 234 game goal drought. I, I really can't wait for Joe Gomez to score a goal. He says he scores in training and we've seen there's that video of, of a bunch of players taking free kicks, including Trent, and Joe is by far the best of them. Was it Shaq? Was it Shaq, Trent, and Joe? And Joe wins the competition by a mile. Jurgen has said he'd give Joe Gomez's wife some money if he scores a goal. Um, so as for now, he sits third in the longest goal drought for Liverpool. So it's 200 games for Liverpool. Fourth overall. Sorry, third in the Premier League era, fourth overall. Stefan Ancho went 205 games. I think Joe probably goes past that. Rob Jones then at 243. So that'd be next season. Probably midway through next season. You'd hope that he would score before then. Uh, Ephraim Longworth went 370 games without a goal, which is a fairly impressive effort to go that long without a goal at any level. Um, let's have a look on Liverpool.com and see what hopes and dreams they are going to sell us for today. So, uh, Liverpool left with Jordan Henderson regret as reality clearer than ever despite Ajax transfer. If that reality is that he was holding us back, then yes, it is clearer than ever. Uh, I was wrong about 114 million Liverpool. Um, oh, this is about Moises Caicedo for some reason. At the time, I wrote that Liverpool.com, for Liverpool.com that Caicedo, should that deal get over the line, could be the man to turn this season from a Champions League chasing campaign to a title-winning one. No, you weren't wrong. You weren't wrong at all. I mean, yes, we're in a great position now. We're top of the league. Yes, we might win the league, but we would have won it easier with Moises Caicedo. There's no question he would have made us better. Jurgen Klopp Oh, sorry, Liverpool told it may have midfielder like Steven Gerrard if Jurgen Klopp makes position change. Um, Connor Bradley? What? Joe Macquarie, Bradley's former coach at Dungannon United. And Tony Cascarino 
have likened Bradley's running style to that of Gerard. Okay. Chelsea make Levi Colwell decision after Liverpool interest as Everton could face new punishment. Uh, Chelsea deal Levi Colwell blow. Uh, I mean, it's not a blow. I, I wouldn't imagine we have any intention of trying to sign him in this transfer window. Maybe in the summer, if he's available at a decent price, we'd go back for him, but very unlikely. Very, very unlikely. Liverpool have a surprise playmaker emerging and could help replace a Jurgen Klopp favourite. And this is about Ibu. Ibu did look very, very good on the ball at the weekend. Very, very good on the ball at the weekend. So that was... um that was really good to see. Paul Merson claims Liverpool title hopes could soon be all over. Ah, Paul Merson. What an idiot. A lovable idiot, but an idiot nonetheless. He said that if we lost to Chelsea and Arsenal, our title hopes would be over. Now, bear in mind that even if we did lose both games and Arsenal won their other game... They'd only be a point ahead of us. And, like, let's be honest, you're backing us over them in the back part of the season, without question. Look at the last... Like, there's this idea that Arsenal are better than us, or that they're even on the same level as us, because they had a good first half to last season. We were better than them over the back half of last season. We've been better than better than them over the first half of this season. We were better than them before last season. We were better than them the year before that and the year before that and the year before. Like, they've had one and a half season where they've been better than us in in what? Seven years? Eight years? The idea that Arsenal are better than us or on our level is laughable. Absolutely laughable. So, no, not not buying anything of what Paul Merson has to sell personally. Uh, on to AnfieldIndex.com uh, to see what the lads have put together. I can't get over the, the that Merson claim, though. Like, they'd be one point ahead of us with 15 games to go. They have to go to the Etihad. We get City coming to us. They have to go to Spurs. We get Spurs coming to us. Yeah, they get Villa home. We have to go to Villa. But, like, that's the second last game of the season. I think we'll be comfortably clear of Arsenal by then. This Arsenal team might be one of the most overrated teams in Premier League history. They had a good 19-game run to begin last season. And since then, they've been like a fourth-place team. I'm almost certain, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm almost certain if you look at the last 38 games in the Premier League, City have somewhere in the region of like 87, 88 points. I think we have about 84, 85 
Villa are on about 78 and Arsenal are on like 76, something like that. So what on earth would we be worried about Arsenal for? They're not as good as us. Go man by man. Allison is better than Ramsdale or Raya. Trent is better than Ben White. Ibu's better than Saliba. Virgil's better than Gabriel. All our left backs are better than Zinchenko. Personally, I'd rather have Dominic than Odegaard, but I do think Odegaard is a tremendous player. Curtis Jones and Alexis are better than any left-sided midfield option they have, like Kai Havertz or whoever. Rice is not a six, but he would get in as the six over what we have at the moment, um, purely because of his athleticism. Alexis is a better footballer than him. And then in attack... It's Mo over Saka, Darwin over Gabriel Jesus, and yeah, Martinelli's a really, really good player, but he's been dreadful this season, so give me Diogo Jota. Like, they have one player that you would take in our 11. One. And even that's up for debate, because Alexis as the six, with Curtis as the eight, I'd probably be just comfortable enough to stick to stick with that until we buy our six. So what are we meant to be jealous about? What what are we meant to be worried about? Our manager's also much better than theirs. Our manager is let's just say he's one of the three best managers in the world. If you want to say he's number one, fine. If you want to say he's two, fine. If you want to say he's three, grand. He's one of the top three managers in the world. Their fella isn't one of the top three managers in the Premier League. Unai Emery's a better manager than him. I think there's a bunch better than him, personally. I think he's hugely overrated. What's he done? He's won one FA Cup before he spent any money, and then he's, he's won nothing since he started spending, and he spent like 627, 28 million. What has he done? Arsenal fans trying to blow him up, saying he's won two trophies and then presenting a picture of him holding the community shield. Now, Jesus Lord, wept, lads. Is it, is it that bad? Are times that tough? There's just... There's no argument for Arsenal over us. There just isn't. We've had lots of injuries. They've had very few. Of their... Nominal starting 11, only Gabriel Jesus has missed four or more games. Now, you can argue Quinton Timber or Jurian Timber (coughs) would be a starter for them. But where? Right back? Well, they have £50 million Ben White playing right back. And when he's not there, they have £20 Tomiyasu. Left back? Okay, well, they've got Zinchenko, who cost £30-plus million. So, is Timber a starter for them? Do we know that for certain? They'll cry about Thomas Partey, but they bought Rice to replace Partey. And they can't make the argument that Rice is the best defensive midfielder in the world, and then in the next sentence say, oh, we're missing Thomas Partey, something shocking. You just can't do it. You can't do it. Thomas Partey is part of their best eleven, No question. Partey is the best six at that club, and Rice would go to the left side at eight roll, which is his best role. 
And that's a really good midfield. Odegaard, Partey, Rice, really good midfield. And and maybe it's a maybe it's a better midfield than we have. But we've got a better goalkeeper, a better back four. Even if they want to put Timber in, our back four is still better. And we've got a better front three. And we've got a much better manager. So again, what are we meant to be concerned about with them? Their season's going to get a lot tougher as well because they will get more injuries. And they've got real Champions League games coming up now in the knockout phase. And they've bottled things the last two seasons in a row. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, anyway, there's a preview of tomorrow night's game. There is a piece by Dave Davis about Liverpool and the number six position. Andrew Beasley has written about the nonsensical Darwin Nunes-Andy Carroll comparison. Uh, Shea Given is uncertain of... Darwin Nunez's goal instinct. He just scored two goals there at the weekend, Shay. I don't know if you saw them. And Alexis McAllister apparently speaks highly of Federico Redondo, son of the great Fernando Redondo, defensive midfielder for Argentinos Juniors. Um, huge talent. Far more like Sergio Busquets than his dad. I'm not sure he's a Premier League six right now. I think he'd probably need a couple of years in Europe. Needs to get stronger, needs to bulk out a little bit, but he's he's fantastic on the ball. He's very, very good positionally. He's not the most mobile, is the only knock on him. He's not, but Busquets wasn't either. But So it just depends on what you put around him and how you play. But I feel like if a Premier League club was going to buy him, City would be the one to buy him and stick him behind Rodri for a couple of years and develop him that way. You know, like, say, two years behind Rodri, then alone somewhere to one of their other clubs restarts. And then he's probably, at that point, elite level. I don't know if he could come in and play regularly at the moment, but he is very, very talented. And for the price he's rumoured to be going for, which is about seven million, he would be an absolute a bargain. He'd be a no-brainer for me. Get him. And at, at the very worst, you loan him out... He does really well, and you sell him at a significant profit. Uh, Podcast-wise, there is a new Molby on the spot. There is a new Media Matters with Dave Davis and David Lynch. There is Post-Match Raw, if you haven't heard it from the weekend, where I had to drop off because my electricity went off at 7.20 on Sunday night, and it came back on... At some point between 7.30 and 9 this morning. So we were about 36, 37 and a half, 38 hours without electricity, which was great fun, I have to say. Um, yeah, joys. That's it for today, folks. I will see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index. 
and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.